All right, Toyota, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. A workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced technology to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available technology this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales events deals when you visit buy a Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's time for the Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. What's going on? How are you? Um, I'm fucking. Uh, I didn't want to get into it. We're up to episode 10. I have no life. I'm trying to fucking, uh, I'm trying to get in a quick workout before I go to work because I am, I am fucking right back up to where I was last year when I was like a buck 86, 187. I am, I, you know what kills me? I've been working out. Why do you work out? You still put on weight? Um, you know what it is? It's late night. I'm coming home. I'm eating like a fat chick, you know, I'm eating like some sad fellow who doesn't like himself. I just come home and I'm fucking fried. I get home at like seven o'clock at night. And I go, oh, fuck it. <laughs> That's what I say. I get all the way to my street going, I'm going to get a salad. I'm going to have a protein. I'm going to fucking eat a bag of beans or whatever. And then I just drive into my driveway and I go, ah, fuck it, right? And I order a fucking pizza or a burger, you know, or I have a beer or something like that. And at my age, yeah, that's it. That's it. I go to my, look like I'm in my fucking second trimester right now. Ugh. I was with my wife the other day and went to a fucking mall, which is something I never do. Go into a fucking mall, right? You know, people go to malls, people with children. I get it. You get them out there. They fucking watch the trolley go by and, you know, Santa Claus is there, right? Just fucking sitting there waiting for you to put your, your kid in his lap, you fucking weirdos, right? Hey, let's keep the lie going to the point we put our child in some fucking pervert's fucking lap, so they think he comes down the goddamn chimney. I mean, it's, 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 is it any wonder? So many people end up in cars they don't want to be in. Well, that's, how, that's how you start out their life. You know, some fucking dude we don't know, you know, don't really talk to. Sort of godlike, you know, sort of culty, right? Charlie Manson hair. All fucking, he's fucking coming in and everything's cool. You go sit in his fucking lap. But don't talk to strangers, right? I don't, I don't fucking, I'm just so whatever. We go to this fucking thing and we're walking by the fountain, right? There's a trolley and a fountain. This is like the fucking gayest place you could ever go to. And I don't mean gay in like the homophobic way. I mean the way it used to mean like the 1890s, the gay 90s, as in, oh my God, could a decade get any happier, right? I mean, it, it was everything but fucking showgirls coming down, you know? Like the end of the Family Guy song. That was the only thing that was missing. And, and it's, I just was like, what is all the excitement? We're fucking, everybody's here buying pants. <laughs> Why are we having a fucking parade? You know? So I went in there and I, I, I took her to go see the, uh, the Secret Lives of Pets, which I really enjoyed because, you know, I'm a dog. Right? I love fucking dogs. And you know what? I was curious. What does my dog do when I leave? Evidently, they have quite the adventures. No, it was a fucking really good movie. I, I liked it. And there uh, was a bunch of kids in there screaming and yelling. And that's what I wanted. You know what I mean? I went to the matinee show and I just have a bunch of kids screaming and yelling. I wanted the full effect of watching that fucking movie. You know what I mean? It's like when you go to a horror movie. You got to go see it. And there's going to be a bunch of people yelling at the screen. Right? And you know, that, that's part of the fucking experience. If you want to go see a movie when everybody shuts the fuck up, you know, you got to do it in your house. Maybe slap a few people around before the movie starts. You know, set the tone. Daddy ain't putting up with this shit. All right? 
So anyways, long story short, and I dressed up a little bit when I went down there, you know, I've been working a lot, so I'm going to take out my lady. So when we're walking out, we're going by the fountain, you know, and there's like all, you know, like they're playing like fucking Tony Bennett. If I ruled the world, every day would be like the first day of spring. Every douche would have such a wonderful song to sing. If I ruled the world, what a wonderful world it would be. And everybody's just sitting there mesmerized, eating this fucking ice cream and shit. Yeah, you know, buying pants. <laughs> it was fucking weird, man. It was like when you go to this, you go to some of these fucking malls, it's like you're in a Christmas special. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be surprised if they got a fucking mister. Right, and they're putting some sort of like like little little dopamine in the air, and you get like this fucking high, and all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I already have fucking nine pairs of pants. Uh, one more, I'm in the double digits. Seven days in the week, I want the overlap. I'm gonna go over the bar line, right? Like Vinnie Colaiuta in a pants way. Um. So anyway, so I go. All right, I'm I'm gonna. I don't know what heck came over me. We walked by the fountain. I said, all right, Needy, let's get a picture. She's like, she couldn't fucking believe it. I was going to take a picture next to, in front of a fountain at a mall. This is not me behavior, right? Of course, she's all over it. Women love that time. Oh, my God, that'd be so nice, right? You just, it just makes you want to start crying like, oh, what happened to me, right? So all I want to do is take a fucking selfie, right? Right, you know, get a fucking heads in it. My head taking up three quarters of it because it's so fucking big. And some douche has to come along and be like, oh, you want me to take the picture for you? And I'm thinking, no. I want you to, I don't want to prolong this moment, you fucking asshole. Where's your guy code? Of course, my wife goes, oh my God, that would be great, right? So what does he do? He fucking takes one. Oh, let's get one more for safety, right? Takes another one. Oh my God. And the, I look at this picture and the fucking horror that I see. My fucking stomach pushing out the bottom of my button-down shirt. And then when you really just know you're just getting fat, it's that fucking button right, uh, right on your breastplate. It looks like it's doing the iron cross, just trying to hold both parts of the shirt together. And uh, I look so fucking bad, I almost got mad at my wife. Like, you, you let me walk around looking like that? It's like, I get that you love me, but, you know, how about a little bit of tough love? You know, how about a little, hey, yeah, hey, fatty cakes, you know? You really going to have waffles again this morning? Exhibit A, right? And you bust out a fucking photo you took of me. Nothing will make you lose weight like a bad fucking photo, huh? Jesus Christ. You know, it's bad enough when they catch you in your own backyard, you know? But I'll tell you, you take a photo in public in front of a fucking fountain at a mall that has a trolley while Tony Bennett's playing. I mean, I'm glad I didn't look at it until I got home. I would have fucking jumped in the fucking... Just done a sailor's dive right near the bottom of that fountain. Now, I'm too vain to kill myself. I'll just hang around, make everybody else miserable. That's what you do. That's what you do. Um, oh, by the way, I, wa- I finally I watched the, uh, the record of the, uh, the British Grand Prix. Um, fascinating fucking race with all the rain there. Who's going to go in and change the tires? Who's going to keep going? And by fucking lap seven, everybody changed their fucking tires. Right? It kind of seems if you get pole position, you're basically going to win the race. These guys are so good and the cars are so equal. You can't... How do, I've never seen... Nobody does the stroke a race thing where you're way in the back and all of a sudden, you know, you pass three people and you do the little ZZ Top fucking Olay move. You know? Remember that fucking movie? He's, he goes by three cars that are all fucking in a line drafting each other. And I've watched enough NASCAR... With the Skull Bandit, Harry Gant car, right? Darrell Waltrip, Cale Yarborough. I watched enough of that shit to know if two people are drafting, they're going to slingshot around you. I'll tell you what, not when Burt Reynolds is there. I don't know what he did. Did he take off his toupee and stick his head out the window and make himself a little more fucking aerodynamic? Is that how he went by three cars? I don't know. Fastest chicken in the South. That shit does not happen in Formula One. If you're not one of the top three fucking... Drivers of the Illuminati, you're basically, as far as I can tell, the five races I've ever watched from start start to finish, you're not going to win the goddamn race, you know, unless the two guys up front don't like each other and they smash into each other. Jesus Christ. 
Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg, right? The end of the fucking race. Lewis Hamilton wins it, right? Guys from fucking England, everybody, Isle of Man or whatever, everybody's going fucking nuts. And uh, as I mentioned before, those two don't like each other. They're always smashing into each other. So in the end, they always show the green room afterwards after somebody won. And um, it was just like they, they didn't say one word to each other. Fucking meow, fellas. They didn't say one. I think the fucking Toto guy. All I want to do when I wake up in the morning is feel your ass. When he he fucking sat the two of them down. He goes, listen, you cunts. All right. I know you went out there and you watched Stroke a Race. I know you watched that Kenny Rogers movie where he adopts the six kids, but never really legally. And nobody had a fucking problem with it. I know you watched Days of Thunder. All right. This ain't that. This costs real fucking money. Stop smashing into each other, all right? And I'll take you back to Germany, and I'll reopen. Well, I can't go that far. Uh, <laughs> oh, the Germans. You know, I'm telling you right now, if you take out about 10 years of their history, they're great people. Um, anyway, <laughs> you pick one wrong guy. That's what's so scary about this fucking... This election, I think that they should make Trump and Hillary both put on a Hitler mask, ma- mask, put on a Hitler fucking mustache. And whoever looks the closest, you vote for the other person. You know what? The results may surprise you. Somebody make a clickbait fucking um, a clickbait fucking whatever the hell you call the meme or the, 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 the fucking vine. You know, we put both the presidential candidates in a Hitler mass, uh, Hitler mustache. Why can't I talk this morning? A Hitler mustache. The results may surprise you. And just you know, whoever you're for, you just make the other person. I guess yeah, I don't. I don't know how you. I don't know how you bring that one home. You know, all you kids today, all you fucking internet superstars. You know, I went into a place the other day to get some lunch, a fucking salad with some chicken. Right, desperately trying to fucking bring down the belly. You know. Fucking moment dick. That's what I look like right now. You know, shaved head, fucking ghost white body. You know, there's a lot of blubber on me right now. You know, if I was to swim in the ocean, my biggest fear would not be sharks. You know, it'd be some hipsters out there fucking whale hunting because they thought, you know, they were taking it back. Right. Get fucking harpooned there. Um, The fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So I went in to go get this fucking salad and I'm standing there and there's a guy in line wearing a fucking Versace robe, a gold Versace robe and slippers. So I text my wife going, there's a dude in here, you know, you want me to take a picture? You got to see this guy, right? So I fucking take a picture of the guy and she's like, oh my God, my friend knows that person. He makes these vines, right? So then I clicked on his YouTube page and the guy's, not whatever, Twitter page, the guy's fucking hilarious. And uh, I'm just sitting there, look at this fucking guy, he doesn't need to be in a writer's room. He has his own fucking show and he gets to walk around in his bathrobe and slippers all day making cooking videos. God bless him. I don't know what the point of all this is. I think the point of all this is I need to get back on elliptical soon so I don't have a fucking heart attack before I go to, uh, I'm going to say the Middle East, before I go to the fucking, um, go over to England. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, I got to fucking knock this. I got to knock out this podcast. And then I have, uh, I actually have some people coming over here because our kitchen's all fucked up. You know, what's wrong, Bill? What's wrong with your kitchen? Oh, I don't know. Whether you put on the hot water or the cold water, the hot water still comes out. You know, problem I fixed fucking nine times. You go to shut off the fucking hot water. The handle comes off. Cupboards are all falling apart. You know, everything else in the house is pretty much nice. I probably shouldn't even say that shit. So um, I got it's like the final fucking thing I have to do. You know what I mean? Because I fixed up the rest of the house. I'm hoping it's the final fucking thing I have to do. But if, for the most part, I fixed up the rest of the house. And so now like the kitchen has become like this eyesore. You know, it'd be like if you bought a brand new suit and you had these old shitty shoes. You know, and people look down and they were just like, you know what? I was going to get in business with this guy, but what the fuck is with those shoes? You, what are you fucking Willie Loman there? You fucking Willie Loman. Um, so that nightmare project is about ready to start. People coming over today with their ideas. I have an idea. Like, what if we just took everything out and put new stuff in in the exact same place, except for a couple of things 
and it costs you fucking three zillion dollars. How about that? It could be rustic, yet modern, yet postmodern, but kind of art deco-ish, but doesn't compromise the integrity of the structure. I'm signing up for that shit again. Um, but you know what? They'll, you know, I think probably put it in six weeks. In other words, in about nine months, I think it ought to be done. Breathing in a bunch of dust. I'll have fucking um, coal miner's daughter lung, whatever the fuck they call it. I have no idea. Um, we don't have any goddamn, um, I don't have any questions on this one. And I also don't have any advertising. You know, I will do some advertising here. Uh, Tuesday night, I went back to the Troubadour, and I saw Wheeler Walker Jr., right? You say it's over. Pack up your stuff. Something, something, you've had enough. Um, That guy, fuck you, bitch. You broke my heart. Fuck your friends. Tearing us apart. Fuck your dog. Hope he never comes home. I saw that guy fucking live, man. It was what a fun fucking show. It was great. And the band's killer. The bass player actually plays in one of my favorite fucking bands, Truth and Salvage Company. He's on the road with them, had a killer band. And the dude comes out, Wheeler Walker Jr. He fucking murdered it. Absolutely fucking murdered it. Um, I didn't know what to expect when I went down there. You know, when somebody goes down there, they're doing funny songs. You're like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. Is this going to be like a one joke song and then you're fucking like still standing there for another 45 minutes? It was. It was great. And he was fucking hilarious in between songs. His banner with the crowd. What I'm saying is if you get a chance to see Wheeler Walker Jr., if he's coming to a fucking club near you, theater near you, arena, fucking uh, amphitheater, a uh, carport, I don't know. I'm trying to think of every structure I can think of. Definitely go out and see him. He's, he's, he's absolutely worth the money. And, uh, and the band sounds great. And he had uh, another band open up in front of him. Two ladies with guitars. They were great. Just a fucking killer show. And I ran to a bunch of comics when I was there. I ran into Doug Benson and all these other guys. Look at me dropping names here. Dropping fucking names. And I sat there in the back of the club and I just drank water all night because I'm fucking fat. All right, I'm not going to lie to you. I had one whiskey. You know, you got to have one. You know, even John Wayne would have one. You know, before he ate half a fucking cow that he barely cooked. Isn't that what happened to him? You know, that's what, you know what happened to all those guys back in the day. They just kept eating red meat because back then it was all about, whoa, you know. Why would I eat hamburger when I got steak at home, right? Isn't that what they said? Weren't they literally talking about food, considering what most of them died of? <clears throat> I know that was about their ladies. Um, but anyways, uh, back then, right, if you were like a guy's guy, you were eating steak if you were, fucking, if you were successful. It was considered the highest cut of fucking meat and all that. You didn't realize it was tearing apart your fucking guts. And back then, there's no way you let another man fucking look in your ass to make sure you weren't going to die of ass cancer, right? There's no fucking way you could do that and then get on a horse and call yourself a cowboy. That's not what it was about, all right? You kept eating steak. Then you, when, you, when you would, your wife was done making the steak, you fucking, fucking wrapped it with the frying pan. I said, clean it up, right? Then you went over and you put butter on the steak and then that was it. And I think it was better for the environment back then you know what i mean women were being beaten so they were drinking themselves to death so they they died earlier and guys fucking ate themselves to death and you know people got out of the way and there was only like fucking a couple billion people on the planet now look at everybody everybody's doing yoga nobody's beating their wives right everybody's having a fucking salad and now there's seven and a half billion people on the fucking planet you know, and I think it's high time that we go back to the way it was, you know, or oh, whatever. We'll let Hillary becomes president. And at the end of her 48 year run, then it goes back to the fucking dark ages. We go back to a feudal system, the real one, you know, where you're actually aware of what was happening rather than now where it's just bankers fucking silently sucking the life out of the fucking middle class. Oh, Jesus, Bill, you're going to get on a fucking, you know, fucking kills me. 
Bernie Sanders, arguably the scientist from Back to the Future, fucking endorses Hillary Clinton. You know, can you fucking, any of them, can any of them just fucking have a point of view and just stick with it? They're always like, this is what I'm about. You can vote for me because I'm about this, right? And then the second, all of a sudden, they start taking on water. Or this, or the thing that's working. Speaking of water, do you know there's more shark attacks than ever? And they're doing fucking stories about what should we do about this? It's like, well, you know, you could not swim in the ocean, you dumb cunt. There's plenty of fucking, there's plenty of lakes, you know what I mean? You know, shit, fill up your bathtub, you know, have, make a day, you know, put a snorkel on and stare at your balls. I mean, do whatever you got to do, but don't go in the fucking water. Right. Why do you think there's more shark attacks now? Well, two reasons. One, there's more fucking people. And two, we're eating all the fucking fish. So the menu's becoming more limited. You know, back in the day, shark could be like, oh, look at that fucking surfboarder. Ah, you know, the fucking board gets between my teeth. It's not that that's tougher meat, you know. He's doing Pilates. I know, that's gross. And then, oh, look at that. School of tuna. Toro, Toro, right? I'm going to go over there and fucking have some tuna. Well, those options aren't there anymore. And these people still go out there in their boogie boards, right? If you go out on a boogie board, you're like a slider. Like children. Children on boogie boards, that's like a slider now for a fucking uh, shark. And then you get, to the, uh, you get to the bigger people, you know? I'll tell you right now. How fat I am, there's no fucking way I would go out there. They'd think I was a fucking sea lion, an albino sea lion that got shunned by the rest of the herd. You know? Is there anything worse than watching a fucking animal on one of those animal shows getting shunned by the rest of the herd? You know, animals are like super fucking racist. I don't know what it is. The second somebody's a fucking albino, they show a little bit of weakness. I mean, they're really terrible people. And you never hear Peter bring that up. I mean, sure, they sit there and they talk about how bad human beings are. Hey, you know, guilty as charged. You're looking at it. I've, eat, I've gone down to fucking Kentucky Fried Chicken. I've eaten their beakless chicken, you know, all walking around roided up like McGuire and fucking Sosa falling on their fucking faces because people like the white meat more, you know. I've eaten that shit. Guilty as fucking charged. But what they don't talk about is how those fucking chickens, if they were allowed to keep their beaks... You know, and not have chests so big that they fell down. They would be bullying the fucking weakest hen. You know, you don't deserve to have children, right? Just go over and they'd peck her to death. And they never, you know, they go, oh, you know, that's just how they are. You know, it's survival of the fittest and all that shit. And then all of a sudden, human beings start doing it, right? Some fucking nerd gets thrown into a locker and all of a sudden it's this national fucking story. I think when human beings is going to turn around is the day we just admit that we're just a bunch of fucking animals. You know, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I just I have not looked at any news. I don't know what this fucking Pokemon thing is about. Everybody's talking about it. I finally asked somebody at work. I know that there's like. I know it was a movie. I know kids were into it. I guess there's people running around with their phones trying to find the Pokemons to, to capture them in the middle of the fucking day. We were in the writer's room and these kids ran up to this dumpster and it was like a fucking Wednesday afternoon. It's like, don't you have to go to work? Shouldn't you be somewhere right now? You know what I mean? You shouldn't be out there blaming your parents for something. Um, I don't know. It's really making that Pokemon thing's really making me feel old. Everybody like is going around. A lot of people going around doing it. And then there's people watching people doing it. So it's like they're not doing anything. And then you're watching them doing nothing. It's kind of fucking weird, right? It's like I saw this thing the other day. You know, on roller coasters now, that some of the new roller coasters, they're having people get on the roller coaster and then you put on virtual reality glasses, right? And it's like it's not enough to be on the roller coaster and then you got to be on the, put the glasses on and you go up the hill and then as you go over the top and you have that big drop, they make it feel as though you're falling, off of a building or something. It's like, well, you know, you're kind of doing that in real life. Why don't you take them off and enjoy it? I don't know. You know what it is? It's all of us just slowly but surely working our way to robots. You know, having a robot mom and dad and these fuck. You know, I ran into some nerd the other day that was into fucking robotics. Believe it or not. Did this benefit for... uh 
that tragedy there in Orlando, right? Do you guys remember that tragedy? Or has there been 52 more fucking shootings since then that people don't even remember it, right? So we did a benefit for that. And um, I'm standing out in the alley afterwards having a fucking cigar, right? And this kid comes up. I call him a kid. That means he was like 26 years old and he was fucking talking about how he's into robotics and all this type of shit. And I was just like, why are you doing that? What the, no way, he wasn't into robotics. What the fuck was he into? He was into some shit that would just basically gather information on the user without the person really knowing it. And it's just like, why, why are you doing that? You know, and he's going, well, blah, 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 blah. And I just kept hammering him with the questions and hammering him with the questions. And at the end of the day, the only way he could defend what he, what he was doing was he, he basically said this. Well, you know, if I didn't do it, someone else would. Right there, that's the devil's, that's the devil's song right there. Hi-ho, hi-ho. If I didn't do it, someone else would. It doesn't rhyme. Who gives a fuck? Hi-ho. Let's go fucking do something evil. (laughs) That might have been the worst song ever. If you have to justify your fucking job by basically saying, you know, if I didn't do it, somebody else would. What jobs are those? Spying on people? Dealing drugs? Right? Fucking, I don't know what, shooting porno? dropping bombs i mean anytime the only way to justify your job is is if i didn't do it somebody else would uh you know i don't know but these fucking assholes making these robots man they're making them too good i used to do a bit about it you know that basic you know i don't mind if you make the fucking thing super smart just don't have it be able to run like fucking bo jackson which is what they're doing because they keep trying to improve it and they're fucking competing with somebody else, some other con- uh, company's fucking robot and they're just making the thing into the $6 million man. It's like, guys, guys, you already stuck every fucking answer to any question ever in it between its fucking non-existent metal fucking ears. Well, I guess it has metal ears, non-existent human ears. And now you're going to be able to make it run a fucking 440, you know, like this. This thing knows the answers to everything, Right. You know, and, and it can make the fucking Seahawks secondary. That's, that's what the fuck you're building. And you don't think that that's going to come back and bite us in the ass. It knows the answer to everything. So it basically knows uh, how to do open heart surgery and also how to load and fire an AK-47. <laughs> Fly an F-16. I mean, it's limitless. Like, you remember those fucking action movies? Where like the fucking, the, the, the hero of the movie, I don't care what kind of mode of transportation, a fucking boat, a helicopter, a motorcycle, the space shuttle, this fucking guy knows how to use it. No pre-flight, you just start the fucking helicopter up, you yank the guts out of it. You know, I took a ride in a fucking A-Star the other day and I, there's no, I, w- I wouldn't be able to figure out how to fucking start that thing up. I got over, I got like 120 hours flying a robinson 22 you stick me in an a star it's like hey uh kids a little help these fucking rambo guys these steven seagal guys these muscle from brussels guys chuck norris right eddie deason all of them they just fucking ran up and could just do it and you used to always laugh going that's fucking bull anybody you know if you had a boat you'd just be like well what if we didn't know where the fucking keys were just jumps right in the fucking keys are right there and he knows exactly where the fucking throttle is he doesn't have to look around and get his bearings like hey this is this that's that he just fucking jumps in like it's his boat and it always makes you laugh going yeah that would never happen in real life well guess what in 2016 that's gonna happen these fucking robots i don't know why they would be running away they're not going to be running away from us they're gonna be running after us and uh you know if they get sick of fucking running which why would they they don't have a respiratory system. As long as they're charged up like a fucking Tesla, they're never going to stop. But it doesn't make a difference what mode of transportation, what weapon is nearby. That was another thing with those action heroes. Whatever fucking, they, they pick up a goddamn gardening hoe and all of a sudden they're spinning around like Bruce Lee. It's like, Jesus, were you, were you in band? You were, you were a majorette too? You had time to fucking master all the martial arts Learn how to use not only every mode of transportation, every fucking aberration of that fucking mode of transportation. Is that the right word? 
you know, every style of fucking boat. I don't give a fuck if it's sailing, if it's a submarine or a fucking cruise ship. You know how to get that fucking thing going and to dock it and tie it off all at the same fucking time, right? These robots can do that. But at least Rambo, at least Rambo bled. He had to take time to fucking sew himself back up. These robots don't, if it bleeds, we can kill it. The, the fucking robots don't bleed. You know what I mean? And you know these fucking nerds, you know, back in the day, you poured a Dixie cup of water on down their back, you know, and they didn't do like a person, lift their shoulders up and go, Ooh! right? They don't. They fucking short circuit out and then they fall down. So you know what these nerds are doing? They're like, well, we can't have that. You know, the competition's robot. If you dump a little bit of water down its back, it shorts out and there goes fucking a zillion dollars worth of technology. You know that they're making, they're going to make these full fucking robots. They're going to make them be able to swim all right, do everything. It's going to be just like that fucking movie where that guy had all those fucking lady robots and he was fucking them and shit, right? And then the one kid gets locked in the breezeway and he's screaming like, I thought you loved me. And she just goes away with the expressionless look on her face. That's what they're going to do. I guarantee, I bet you right now, as I'm talking, somebody somewhere is fucking a robot. You know, it's got the lab coat on and shit so he makes him feel like he's doing research. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bunch of other scientists watching him fucking the robot, right? And then afterwards, he's going to give the feedback. Oh, no. You know what it is? It's a, it's a fucking... It's probably just some regular person who has like hep C but can't afford that $1,095 pill to get rid of it or somebody HIV positive. So they go, hey, man, you want that fucking pill? You got to come in here and fuck this robot on film. Oh, this is the last thing I'll tell you, and I got to go to work. Did you fucking see, uh, have you seen this? Evidently, I don't know if this is fucking true, but evidently the pharmaceutical lobbyists, any states where weed is legal, they're going after uh, the legalization of weed because any, any state where weed is legal, um, prescriptions go down. I don't know if this is true, but somebody told me it was, and I never looked up any information. So I'm going to say it's true, and I owe a big apology to all the fucking weed smokers out there. Evidently, you were right. Um, so anyways, but I'm going to keep drinking. I'm too far down this fucking road. All right, I got to get out of here. I got to go to fucking work and knock out this last fucking one, for Christ's sake. Um, that's the podcast, you cunts. I will talk to you on uh, Thursday. I'll check in on you. All right, go fuck yourselves, and I'll see you Thursday. July 10th, 2008. Is it July 10th? I have no idea. I just got off a plane coming back from uh, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I flew U.S. Air. I sat in seat 18A. And um, there were uh, two people about, oh, I don't know, 19 rows behind me talking really loudly. You know those people, they, they laugh at everything that they say and they never say anything funny. Four hours of that shit. Four fucking hours of that. People just going, you know. How many hours are left on the flight? I don't know. Four and a half? <laughs> they just start laughing. It was fucking killing me. It was, it was torture. The whole flight. I ended up, you know what I ended up doing? I got a new battery for my uh, made of wood laptop. So I was able to watch Goodfellas. So I was able to drown her out for, what, how long is Goodfellas, huh? So like two hours long or some shit. So I had that on. I had Goodfellas on, cranked as high as I could. You know? We 
did what we wanted. We were wise guys. I had that fucking cranked as high as I could to try to drown out this ridiculous group of people. I don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm so fucking miserable. You know, am I so miserable that I actually need something to be funny to laugh at? You know? I mean, I was sitting there in the end of it trying, you know, when when they finally... You know, actually, I didn't watch the end of end of Goodfellas. I hate when he when he fucking becomes a druggie. You know what I mean? He just pisses me off. You know, and then then he, then he feels like all he feels like he's the victim. You know, six thousand bucks for a, a, a life of work. He gives me six grand. You're like he didn't fucking blow your brains out right there. He told you not to fuck with the drugs. The exact fucking thing he told you not to do. You went out and you did it, and then he ends up going to jail and dying in jail. You piece of shit. I fucking hate... At the beginning of that movie is great. Right up through, what is it, the Luenza fucking robbery? That movie is awesome. And then the second... The second he, he gets that coke whore in that flophouse apartment, and then he's got that retard with the attitude, the, the girl there, the fucking babysitter. I gotta get my hat. Ugh. I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, that's what I was doing. I was fucking listening to that movie on 10. Janice Rossi is a whore. I had that fucking blasting in my ears. One of my ears is ringing right now. I already have tinnitus in one ear from playing drums years ago. And fucking, it's going to be ringing even more because of these fucking idiots, man. I just, I don't know. Does anybody, you know, you got anybody who does that shit? They just, you know. They come walking up, and you'll be standing there waiting for an elevator, and they just go, hey, how you doing? You're like, good. And they're like, ha, 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 good. <laughs> you know, if you got anybody fucking who does that at work, just discreetly leave a book on self-confidence in their little cubicle area, something. You know what I mean? People either do that or they or they, they hum songs. I think I already joked about that about 28 podcasts ago. But for those of you who are new to my podcast, I used to work with a guy. You ever work with someone who uh, hums a tune that doesn't exist? You know what I mean? This guy used to walk around the office. He'd be all fucking day long. And I used to be like, what the fuck? That's not a song, right? It's not a, Does that sound like a song when I hummed it? Yeah, exactly. But that's a dead-on rendition of his fucking, you know, it just, it went on forever. Like one of those progressive prog rock bands, or Dave Matthews. I saw him in concert, it fucking was, it was terrible. Somebody hooked me up with tickets, and it was one of those those bands that you get after fucking a song and a half. And then there's a black guy playing a fiddle, which is which is weird, you know. I usually like random shit like that, you know, like seeing a fat Asian, you know. You just don't see that too often. You know, black guy playing a fiddle, you know, should be like... <laughs> Should be, you know, isn't that? But you think that he would he would do it the black guy way, you know, where all of a sudden he teaches white people that a fiddle can actually be cool, as opposed to some, you know, redneck instrument or, uh, well, I guess in classical music it's cool. But you know what I mean? I mean, black people made "Happy Birthdays" make a cool sound, you know, cool song. You figured, you know, that's what I, that's when I saw a black guy with a fiddle. That's what I thought. Okay, he's gonna, he's gonna. He's going to break it down. I thought something was going to happen, and he just was playing that skip to Malu, spin your partner round to the right, that, that that style. I think the black guy who plays the saxophone in the Dave Matthews band, I bet he doesn't talk to the black guy who plays the fiddle. I bet he thinks he's a sellout. Just coming up to him every show. You know, motherfucker, it's bad enough you'd be playing a motherfucking violin. You'd be doing that shit every night in front of all these motherfucking white people. How do you think that makes me feel? <laughs> that was the worst impression of a black saxophone player in a band that I don't like that I'll ever do. But I don't give a fuck. I just got off a goddamn plane. Cut me some slack. I listen to people laugh. But you know, it's like a nightmare fucking comedy show. You know what I mean? Where all of a sudden it didn't it didn't make sense anymore. Like you just said anything... Like, hey, can I get up? I need I need to go to the bathroom. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Cunt. All right. Anyways, let's get on with the podcast here. Uh, um, what do we got here? I'm, what am I going to do this week? I'm going to start with the questions. No, fuck that. I'm going to I'm going to hike the shit first. First of all, I just got back from the improv in Pittsburgh. 
unbelievable turnout, and 99.9% of that has to go to uh, the Jim and Randy show on uh, WDVE. Those guys totally hooked me up. They let me come in on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, and on a Friday. I did like nine hours of fucking radio with those guys, letting everybody know that I was going to be over at the Stacks them all over there and uh other than the fact that a couple people got shot and one was murdered um i think it was a good week over there at the mall yeah that happened one week one night we were out drinking and uh all of a sudden we couldn't leave the mall because somebody got shot this is fucking unbelievable staying within a stone's throw of a, you have a, a stone's throw no pun intended a cold stone creamery that's not supposed to happen is it when you you know when you see a fuddruckers right I just don't I just don't associate that with violence. But anyways, I had a great week out there and I want to thank all the guys over at uh D V E for hooking me up and everybody who came out to see me. Um also, once again to remind you, I have a one hour special coming out on Comedy Central, August twenty third. All right, set your TiVo six weeks ahead. For some reason my fucking C D comes out before the special, which makes no sense to me. But I believe that's in stores on August 5th. And then the DVD comes out, I think, September 14th. I know, it's bizarre. You guys are going to be sick of me by mid-September. But anyways, uh, please check it out. I'm really proud of the special. We shot it ourselves. Uh, Tell your friends to watch it. And uh, whatever. Hopefully they become fans of what I do and then they show up at my shows. And someday I can afford to take a private jet. Or at the very least, sit up in first class where I can afford those Bose headset where I can drown out people if they fucking uh, are laughing about shit that isn't funny. All right, let's get on with the podcast questions. If you're new to my podcast, this is what I do. Every week I babble, I bitch about people in airports, I answer questions, I riff about the Dave Matthews Band, and I hype my shit. Um, no, I don't, I don't riff about the Dave Matthews Band. I don't even know any of their fucking songs. I just know, uh, I know Crash. Into you, yeah, baby. Um, and then I come into you. He really has, like, disgusting lyrics when you really think about it. But he sings them, he sings them nicely. I don't like that little James Brown fucking jig he does either when he's sitting there with his acoustic guitar. I never really noticed how much I didn't like that band. You know what, I'm going to have to think about this. I'm going get to get, get, get back to you guys. On this one, listen to me, I'm stuttering. I'm so fucking annoyed from that flight. Maybe I'm really just pissed at the people on the plane, and uh, I'm taking it out on the Dave Matthews band. Misdirected anger. All right, let's get into the questions here, people. i got to make this one a quick one, because i got a bunch of bullshit i got to do today. <clears throat> and one of them is to fix my attitude. All right, question number one. Bill, um, I have a question for your podcast. Why don't you just ask it, okay? That's like people go, let me tell you something. Instead of just fucking saying it. Actually, I think I do that. All right, I have a question for you, podcast. Being a comic from New York City, which coast do you think is best for stand-up comedy? First of all, I am not a comic from New York City. I'm a comic from Boston, Massachusetts, who then moved to New York City. Um, okay, uh, I, uh, what is, what's the question? Which coast do I think is best for stand-up comedy? Oh, Christ. I don't know. There you go. How's that for fucking a bad answer? Um, New York City, if if you just want to become a great comic, there's nothing better than New York City. It's got like 9 million clubs. You can do like 10 sets a night if you want. Not 10. You could do 10, but I think realistically you do 7 or 8 once you're in with all the clubs. At least you could back in the day. I just keep digressing with everything I'm saying. So I would say New York was great. And then there's other other cities that are good to start out in, which is uh, Boston was great. Houston's always have a good scene. Denver, San Francisco, Seattle's a bunch of funny guys there. Minnesota's got a great scene. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. I worked in Atlanta. I don't know if you're funny, just get your shit together. But I guess you're asking me, should you move to New York City or LA? Um, you, I would visit both places before you went out there because uh, I don't know. New York City just felt like home when I went there, and when I went to LA. You know, the weather was great and everything was cool, but it was, uh, you know, I stood in line for fucking nine hours to do a, uh, to sign up for a three-minute spot at the Laugh Factory. And uh, I had a fucking sunburn. 
I got there at 9 in the morning for a sign-up that was at 6 at night. This is no bullshit, right? Sat right there on Sunset Avenue. Going to take you guys down memory lane. So I'm sitting there, and uh, I just remember there was these two fat chicks from fucking Utah or something that had really bad tattoos. I was third in line by 9 in the morning. That's all I remember. And, uh, yeah, I, and I, I wasn't down there with anybody else, so I couldn't leave other than quickly to go take a bathroom break. Like, there was literally a whole system. It was a fucking nightmare, right? Ended up getting a sunburn right on my huge forehead and uh, went home after I signed up at 6, went back to the kids' apartment where I was staying, showered really quickly, came back down, and had to do three minutes of stand-up, which is practically impossible. You know what I mean? That's like trying to finish a bowl of cereal in, like, two scoops, you know? So I went down there, and I don't know how the fuck I did it, but I went on stage, and I absolutely fucking destroyed for three minutes. I did a tight three-minute set that had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Probably because I only had like a half-hour material. I knew I figured out how to do it. So I'm sitting there going like, oh, man. I got off stage. I was like, that's it. I'm in at this club. I'm going to get a manager. This is, you know, everything's going to happen. And then I went upstairs, and... uh I met the infamous Jamie Masada, who calls everybody buddy. So I'm sitting there, and he had his table, and I sit down at his table. I'm thinking, this guy's just going to kiss my ass, you know. I'm some young buck. I went up there. I fucking destroyed. I was better than, you know, the two fat chicks from Utah. This is it. It's over, right? So he, I sit down, you know. My ego's through the fucking roof, and he's just like... I remember he sat there, stared at me for a second. He had his hands together like not in a fist but sort of like uh he's doing the church and the steeple thing except all his fingers are up and he had his index fingers up on his mouth and he just goes you're very funny and i was like oh thank you very much i'm like okay here comes here comes here comes he's gonna ask to manage me right and he's like uh you know you you, you talk you talk a, a lot about a lot about your father you you yeah i go yeah yeah you know he's like you should do more you should do more about do more about your father. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I got a ton of stuff about my dad. I got some more stuff about my mom. And as I'm saying that, he holds my his hand up to silence me, at which point I literally shut the fuck up and he just goes, your father. Let me ask you a question. How does it make you feel when your father yells? And then he leaned back in his chair, right? And it was like, I felt like he was uh, going to give me the answer to all my stand-up questions in the form of a riddle. And immediately, I, I began grabbing the legs on the back of the chair because I was going to smash it over his fucking head because I was so fuck I was so pissed. I was like, yeah, I just fucking killed for three minutes, and now you're going to act like you're this stand-up guru, you jackass? And that's exactly what he did. He didn't ask to manage me. <laughs> he just gave me a riddle. How does it make you feel when your dad yells? Jamie, I hope you're listening to this because I'm playing your club this week. How do you think it made me feel? Made me feel like a, made me feel sad. Is that what you wanted to hear? Jesus Christ, this guy came at me like one of those guys. You ever see those interviews when they interview somebody after like a tornado hit their house and killed their favorite dog, you know? And they're sitting there interviewing them and they want them to cry. And they're not crying, so then they gotta ask, they gotta sit there and, and ask him questions to try and make him fucking cry. I think that's what he was trying to do to me. So I literally was grabbing the back of the chair, the legs on the back. I distinctly remember doing that, and I was like, "Fuck this guy, fuck L.A. I'm going to New York." That's how I ended up in New York. One three-minute set after nine hours and a second-degree sunburn on my forehead. I decided that the East Coast was the place I needed to be. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it worked out well for me. You know what? You know what's funny? Somebody's probably going to fucking tell Jamie that I actually said that shit just so they can try to get a three-minute audition on Tuesday. So this week when I go down there, Jamie's going to be like, buddy, buddy, what are, you, what, are, what are you doing, buddy? I actually love Jamie now, man. And I'm not kissing his ass either because I don't give a fuck. But he said the funniest shit to me the, like three weeks ago. I'm working this club and I'm standing in the lobby and these two <laughs> Gorgeous girls, you know, L.A., they're fucking gorgeous. So I'm looking at them, you know, eyes bugging out of my head. And Jamie's like, buddy, buddy, 
buddy, what, what are you doing, man? What, 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 what do you, like, what do you mean? I go, what do you mean? What am I doing? I go, I'm looking at the girls. He goes, yeah, buddy, but why, why, why are you looking at the girls? I go, cause they're beautiful. I go, why wouldn't I be looking at the girls? And he goes, cause you're a fag. <laughs> I think I butchered that. He said it even better. It was a fucking. He so he totally set me up. Son of a bitch. And if you live in L.A., I'm going to be down there Tuesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night, all on the 10 o'clock show. And I'll be having a good time down there. All right? So there you go. See that? I trash Jamie. Then I tell a funny story where he trashes me. And then I hype his club. And then it's all good, huh? Who the fuck's in show business? I am. I know how to do it. I know how to skate the fucking line. All right. So that's what I would do, son. I would I would go to New York and L.A. and figure out which one you want to be in. All right? That's it. All right, question number three. Have you ever had any thoughts about doing a European tour of your show? Absolutely. I feel that I'm in the conspiracy theory. I feel like they're crashing the dollar, and all these corporations, they're all going global. So I'm going global with them. I'm not going to be caught flat-footed with a pocket full of currency that isn't worth a goddamn peso. So I'm actually setting up a European tour for the uh, beginning part of next year. Or at some point in 2009, I should say, uh, I want to get over to England, Sweden. Uh, I did some shit one time in uh, the Netherlands. It's really disappointing when I went to the Netherlands when I got off the plane. And the first thing I saw was like a fucking Dunkin' Donuts. You know what I mean? And like a McDonald's. It just it just really is. Uh, I understand why people find America so annoying. It's because the urban sprawl of our fucking corporations... You know what I mean? I, I literally think that that I could go to like fucking. Uh, let me pick. Let me pick a fucking nice obscure country that I don't even know where it is on the map. Let me think of something. <clears throat> Bosnia? No, I know why that's fucking Eastern Europe. Bolivia? And it was one of those. Ah, that's in South America. Whatever. You go to fucking Bolivia. You think you're gonna go down there and see that fucking that guy from the T-shirt that everybody wears? Che Guevara. Gutierrez, whatever his name is, Valenzuela, that fucking guy, and you go down and you get off, and what's the first thing you see? Colonel Sanders on a big bucket of fucking chicken. I think that's what Hugo Chavez is, big fuck. I love that guy, man. That guy's the shit. You know what I mean? Those guys, they remind me like Tony Montana. That, that's what Hugo Chavez is. Hugo Chavez taking on the U.S., knowing full well that we could fucking nuke him anytime we wanted to. Talking shit about us at the U.N. He's like in his early Tony Montana years, you know. Um, before, Jesus Christ, is that annoying? He's in his early Tony Montana years, like right before he uh, he gets the uh, the Cadillac with the leopard skin. You know what I mean? When he's still washing dishes with that, that fucking Robin Williams Hawaiian shirt. That's what Hugo Chavez is right now. All right. Question number four. This is very, uh, this little jet lag here, people. Sorry. Let me fucking blow through these and I'll stop wasting your time. All right. Question number four. Uh, oh, God. This one has a backstory. Yesterday I attempted to renew my Norton antivirus. Oh, that guy wanted me to sing a song about Microsoft. I can't I can't remix their songs, dude, unless they have a song. You know what I mean? You, you got you to gotta, you gotta pick one. You got to pick a product that annoys you that actually has a song. And I will do a fucking Puff Daddy remix of it. That has the word cunt in it, and it'll make you feel better. All right? All right, question number five. Uh, hey, Bill, here's a question. Have you ever had people bring their kids to your shows? And I'm not talking 18 years old. I mean like five years old. Absolutely. I've had people bring babies, and I've been in the middle of talking about something really, uh, I don't know, evil. I'm talking about going to a titty bar, and how I hate that you know regular girls go to titty bars now, you know, because they kill the perverted vibe of the club. I was doing that bit, talking about how strip clubs are for whores only and that I can't feel comfortable leering at a stripper when I'm sitting next to Melissa, you know, doing that joke. And all of a sudden I just hear this baby. <laughs> Some baby starts crying in the back. And then, it's, it, you know something, it's even more awkward when they bring a, a, a kid that can speak. You know, why don't I just say a five, five years old or over? Rather than having you guys picture mutes or something. Yeah, I've actually, I've had people bring kids. I'm trying to think. It hasn't happened in a while. There was actually a girl this week in Pittsburgh. She laughed like a little kid. So it was weird. She sounded like a little kid. 
So it was freaking all the comics out, and then it turned out she wasn't a little kid. She was just an adult with a really annoying voice. And then she came up to me afterwards, and she had these huge titties. And she was saying, come on down to Plush, which is some strip club in Pittsburgh. And she had that classic uh, Anna Nicole Smith, I'm going to overdose in a hard rock cafe voice. So if she's listening, I hope you're, you're still alive. <laughs> You didn't OD. Did I ever tell you that story? I, I played the same Hard Rock Cafe that fucking uh, Anna Nicole Smith died in. And I got to tell you something. After being there for three fucking days, I get it. I think she killed herself. I don't think it was an overdose. I think, you know, an accidental. I think she did it on purpose because uh, that place sucks. All right, question number seven. Bill, I recently went to an open mic at my local comedy club for the first time just to watch the club. Just to watch. Jesus Christ. Nobody puts capital letters anymore. Or punctuation. I just went right into the next sentence. Bill, I recently went to open mic night at my local comedy club for the first time just to watch. The club only has open mic night once a month, which is gay. But I can't do anything about it. Anyway, I figure most of the, most of the comics that got up would suck and bomb. Maybe a few would do okay, but there were about 14, and 13 of them ended up doing really well. This was discouraging to me because I figured most open micers would suck, which would make me feel better about myself and my comedy. Comedy, is this how open mic was for you? Please share your wisdom with me. All right, I'll share my stories. Wisdom's going a little too far. Yeah, that's what it's like. You go down there, and there's people who are still doing open mics, but they're, they're better than being open micers at that point. Um, but they still need the stage time. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, features and sometimes even a headliner might drop in. That's kind of how it is. And, uh, yeah, your first few open mics are lonely. But uh, you just got to see the humor in it. Just go up there. The first time you do it, it's not even about doing well. Whether You don't judge it whether you did good or bad. The first time you go on stage is just all about having the balls to go up there when they call your name. You know, and if you have the balls to go up there, then, you know, you got more balls than 95% of people in that situation. So just take that as a victory. Tape your set. Keep it, you know, lock it away in a safe. And then someday when you're good at it, you can take it out and just laugh your ass off at the shit that you, that the, the shit that you attempted. I wish I taped my first one. I didn't. I mean, just to give you, make you feel better, I was supposed to do five minutes. I think I did about three. I walked up there, and the second I saw the microphone, I forgot everything I was going to say. And I started in the middle of the shit that I wanted to say and then brought it back around to the front. Kind of, I followed the same pattern of Pulp Fiction. You know what I mean? Well, they start with that, oh, you motherfuckers, get on the ground, all that bullshit. And then he goes to the beginning and then fucking you end up seeing that scene. Oh, like Goodfellas, same fucking thing. That's how that's how my first stand-up set went. Except, unlike those awesome movies, mine was terrible. So, just picture if they, they what was that? The Happening. If M M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong made that fucking movie the way they made Pulp Fiction, that you know, that's the way my first. I'm trying to tell you my first set sucks. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about. It. Just go up there and this. I get it. You gotta find the humor. And bombing. There's nothing funnier than bombing. It's fucking hilarious. There's just something undeniably funny about standing in front of a room full of people and just putting it out there, especially if you're high energy. And you end your joke, fucking ba-da-ba, and everybody's just fucking staring at you. You just, (laughs) just, there's no other way to describe what a fucking tool you feel like, but everybody's been there, you know? Bring some water up there. You're going to get dry mouth, all right? Just just do it, man. It's, you know, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Fuck it. All right. Last question. All right. This is actually a story, um, which I actually find really interesting. Okay. Hey, Bill, I don't know what the fuck happened to my email last week. Uh, blah, 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 blah. All right. Here we go. Okay. Auto, auto damage related. This is a real fucking long one. Let me try to get it to the meat of this thing. Um. Okay, this is an auto-damage-related story. All right. I must preface this story with the fact that I find it very difficult to contain my temper. Already I like this story. With even, I really difficult to contain my temper with even the most meaningless shit, such as stubbing my toe or getting cut off while driving. 
Anyways, uh, when something of actual meaning happens to me, having something of mine stolen, let's say, I really lose my shit. All right, a few months ago, I had an expensive set of knives missing from my kitchen, and I flew into a rage. Through deductive reasoning, I concluded it must have been stolen by one of two people. Now listen to the descriptions. You can guess where this story's going. Uh, it was either A, the sketchy Jewish kid who lived upstairs, or B, the Mexican repairman who still had a key, <laughs> had a key since I just moved in. While well, the reasoning part of my tamper, tantrum was taking place, a few racial slurs may have slipped out. And as one may deduce, a temper tantrum is often accompanied by loud screaming. Oh, that's great, dude. Okay. The screaming is most often followed by regret, usually concluding with embarrassment. Anyhow, the following day, I went out to my car, which was parked out front, to gather some belongings in the trunk. When I got to my car... I noticed that some thoughtful neighbor, who obviously heard my screaming the day before, notched a large swastika in the center rear of my car. <laughs> After a few moments of careful contemplation, I laughed and decided to keep it there for shameful posterity. The swastika remains as a painful reminder for me to get a handle on my anger. The steak knives were never found. All right, you know what? I find that fucking really to be an interesting story because the guy actually, he seems like, you know, he's trying to improve himself as a person. You know, he knows he has a temper, and uh, he knows what he did was wrong. And uh, I, this is a question I have for you guys. If somebody flies in, because, you know, they, they always say that, you know, you, you, I don't know, like your, your real thoughts come out in anger. I don't know if I like 100%... 100 believe that I think when you get angry sometimes it isn't like you have this deep-seated hate sometimes you just you're just trying to hurt the other person you know like if you get mad at some you fucking cocksucker I mean do you really think that they're out there sucking dick you know what I mean but then you got the other side is all of a sudden once somebody goes into the into actually you know racial slurs that's like above and beyond I don't know. I don't. I don't know about that one. Do you, do you, that's what I'm asking. Is it? You know, like if somebody if somebody gets mad at me, yeah, hey, you fucking dick. Like I don't think that they really think I'm a dick. I think that they're mad at me and they called me a dick. Now, does does anybody think that it's possible? Because this guy seemed like good dude. He left the swastika on it. He realized, all right, I'm a fucking asshole and I got to you know keep my temper in check. Does anybody think is it possible? That's what I want to know. To lose your shit. And you start yelling racial slurs, and you still stick it in the same category of like, ah, he was just mad. It's he just calling, just calling, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't fucking know. Well, you know what? Be thankful you're not famous. You know what I mean? You would have ended up like uh, Kramer. You would have had to go on. Uh... Actually, you wouldn't have gone on Al Sharpton's show. You would have had to go on. Uh... Jesus Christ, who's a Jewish guy with a bad perm? Is there a Mexican guy with a bad perm? You know, Al Shopton would do a lot more for his credibility if he would really get rid of that pimp haircut. You know what I mean? I always felt he looked like Boss Hog. Like if if it was a if they ever did like the black Boss Hog. You know what I mean? You know that's that's like the hacky thing to do in Hollywood. Like once you're out of ideas, you just take, you know, a sitcom like it's Alice, but it's black, and then it'll. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about at this point. Anyways, I got shit to do here, okay? This is a long-ass podcast, as always. Uh, once again, thanks to everybody who came out to my show in Pittsburgh, man. It was fucking unbelievable. I couldn't... Last time I was there, it was only like 18 people, so I really appreciate it. And um, I got the uh, Comedy Works coming up in Denver, uh, July 31st through August 2nd, I believe. I don't have my calendar in front of me right now. And also, I'm going to be at the Improv in Miami, uh, in the middle of August, and uh, that's it. I'll be adding some more dates today. Um, I think I got a month straight of dates. One is in Stress Factory, New Jersey. I think I'm doing UMass Amherst with Charlie Murphy, and uh, I think that's about it. But anyways, everybody, uh, thanks for listening to these podcasts. I also got a new video I'm going to be putting up on YouTube. 
Um, I had a new video last week. If you missed last week's podcast, it's right underneath the podcast thing. It's entitled, Thank You, because this is what that lady was yelling at me after every fucking punchline. And um, I'll be adding another one. Just going to start putting random shit up from uh, shows that I do. Uh, People seem to enjoy it, and it's a way to make you laugh, show you some new stand-up without burning any bits. So uh, so that's it. Once again, thanks to everybody uh, who listens to these podcasts. And please remember to watch my special on August 23rd on Comedy Central. All right, that's it. You guys have a good week. Take it easy. Toyota, you know, we all agree that reducing emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, yet they make up less than 10% of all new vehicles today. That's because right now they cost more. They're too expensive, just like all new technology. Consumers worry about range and whether or not they'll be able to find a charging station. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture the batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision of a carbon-neutral future. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV electric vehicle could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, hey, let's go places.